last time on the praise down. We're talking about Skillet, a rock band. Jenny, what do you think about Skillet? Um, Jenny Godwin, I I think they're pretty good. I mean, I, they're not great for sure. Jenny, you you, you ever smoke weed? Nah. I I don't believe you. <laughs> All right, whatever. Sometimes. Okay, I, I figured. I figured that. I figured I was right. What? Uh, do you? What? I don't like Skillet either. That's cool. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I was being you there. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I. This is confusing yeah, to do. I'm Alex Sanchez. I. <laughs> Skillet's fake Christians. I'm. Hey, Heath here. Heath again. Uh, Skillet, you're not fake Christians. Come on the show. I'm Jenny Godwin. I think they are, but I also think they should come on the show. Yeah. All right. Join us. Join us next time on Praise Down. We'll be talking Petra with Ben Flint. All right. Uh, bye, guys. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Praise, Praise Down. Down, a show where we rate and review Christian music, interview interesting people, uh, and we're and we're both a couple of guys that aren't. We're we're not we're not Christians right now. But that's fine. We're not currently on a walk with the Lord, but we've, you know, we've seen it. We've, yeah, we've, we, we've still got the shoes. We, we've done it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're just chilling in the closet. Uh, today, uh, uh, <laughs> here, here in the studio, we got Ben Flint today. Ben Flint's a great comic around OKC. Yeah. Uh, really big deal with the loony Ben. How are you, Ben? Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. It's, of course. Yeah. I'm really excited about this one. Of course. So let's, let's just dive in. Um, Ben, you're going to be kind of a first for us um, because just just about everybody we've talked to, we haven't talked to a currently Christian person. Okay. Which feels like a disservice a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we don't want to preach to the choir too much. So when, when we're like, uh, where are you at the Lord? And the people are just like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, me neither. Let's talk about something. So... Uh, where are you at, man? Where are you at with uh, where are you at on your walk? That's uh, that's a really good question because uh, I've been going through quite uh, a significant um, spiritual and existential crisis over the last probably three years, and that just happened to coincide with me coming back to stand up comedy, hmm. uh, which, if you ask my mom, is precisely the reason. Uh, hmm. But actually, so I I. I I started questioning some things. Um, I came to like Christian music and like really being involved in church and things like that pretty late in life. Um, How old were you? Well, uh, I got saved at a Billy Graham crusade in 1983. Yeah. And that's like losing your virginity at Woodstock. Right. And, uh, yeah, I went big. I went big. Uh, but at home, there was really nothing to follow that up with. My mom at the time was a backslidden Baptist. My dad was a non-practicing Catholic. Mm. And so a friend of mine invited me to this Billy Graham crusade, and I went. And then, of course, massive altar call, and I wandered down there with half half the stadium and said the prayer and got my little Billy Graham Jesus coloring book and devotional. And then I went home, and then nothing like then that was it Here, i've got a question yeah just break this up a little bit did, did that feel like extremely real were you into that no okay um it felt as real as it could have at nine years old oh, okay. w w when a friend asked me to go and i felt like i was supposed to go down and do this thing mm -hmm. um but i will say uh, that I have, in hindsight, looked back on my life, and I have seen God's will and protection over my life, even the 20 years that I was not following him. Uh, times that I should have been dead, times that I should have been, I mean, I should have had like 60 UIs and never, you know, just all sorts of crazy stuff that in hindsight you look back on and you go, well, maybe... Um, maybe he was watching out for me. Maybe there was, was something going on. Uh, and then got married in 2003 and my wife and I didn't know each other very well. She was Christian and, uh, 
we started going through a pretty tough time, um, struggling with just power issues in the marriage and, and just putting two single people together and arguing about money and things like that. And, uh, in 2006, we had a pretty significant thing happen that tested our marriage. And I decided to really get serious about my faith. And, uh, Can I ask how long ago this was? This is 2006. Okay. So uh, 11, 11 years. years. Yeah. And, uh, I was dealing with some, some moral issues and some things that were, were threatening, um, our marriage. And so I did this thing that's called scorch the earth. And what scorch mm -hmm. the earth is, is, uh, you eliminate all secular media sources from your life. Oh yeah. So you, you cancel your newspaper subscription, you cancel all your magazines, you only listen to K love and air one, and you, you pretty much don't watch any movies that don't have Kirk Cameron in them. And you do this for it's recommended thirty to ninety days. You 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 choose, and it's it's based, it's supposed to be like a you know a spiritual reset. Try to get you. It's almost like a, a fast, right? Exactly, yeah. okay. exactly. You're you're fasting off of visual and auditorily auditory uh, auditory stimulus from the secular world to try to get your mind right and get back on mm -hmm. where you're supposed to be, and. With my personality being very uh, all or nothing, black and white, I scorched the earth for about eight years. Oh. Wow. And I really, all I did was take in Christian music and listen to bot radio. I listened to, I listened to pastors all day long in the radio. I mm -hmm. listened to only Christian radio, Christ, only Christian music. Um, and that's, you know, as opposed, you know, diametrically opposed to the 20 years before that, where I was completely in the world and, you know, rock concerts and corn and dysfunction, you know, I just, mm -hmm. you know, uh, porn shops and strip clubs. And, uh, and so then I kind of just went super Christian the complete other way. And until about four or five years ago, where I realized at some point I had kind of lost myself where I didn't, where I was, I, at one point I was arguing with someone on Facebook about how, uh, immoral, uh, Seinfeld was the TV show, my favorite TV show of all time. And I was arguing with it because, because Elaine and Jerry and Kramer were so promiscuous yeah. and George was so this and that. And I, you know, I would kind of like a, it was kind of like a, a, a secular, wake up call of like wait a minute what are you so i kind of forgotten who i was now i was i was very happy with my progress in my faith and basically I, I was able to save my marriage because of how strict i got with all of this but at the same time i stopped listening to all my favorite secular music i stopped watching all my favorite secular tv shows i didn't watch any stand-up comedy and i i kind of lost track of who I was, mm -hmm. and when I started to get back into comedy, um, I started coming back around to some more of those things and trying to find a balance of where I could live with myself as a regular human being and still have my faith. And um, It's almost like you spent those eight years in your own sort of monastery right yeah like you yeah cut yourself off from everything and i and there are there are huge positives to that there are and and the thing i know about monastic life in general is that very few uh very few faiths regard monastic life as a permanent thing right like you have to you have to return to the world. Sure. Um, I read an Alan Watts sure. book about Zen Buddhism one time, and <laughs> I'm, I'm very cultured. Uh, I, I read an Alan Watts book. I, I noticed your aura when I came in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, it's huge. Yeah, I've got stones in my pocket. And, <laughs> but um, Zen Buddhist monastic life only lasts about three years right. before you have to leave. Right. And that's probably where I should have stopped. <laughs> I, I think there's something important about about this idea that you have to 
you definitely have to not be a part of the world mm-hmm. in some ways, but you definitely have to be in the world too. Exactly. And then when I came back to comedy and I realized how um, judgmental I was and how black and white I was and how um, unwilling I was to uh, listen to other people's points of view on spiritual and moral and political issues – I realized that that I was the problem, that it wasn't these people. It was it was me and I really had to take a step back and where I'm at now is I'm looking very hard at Catholicism versus Protestantism. Ooh, what, let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah, nobody makes that switch. What's drawing you over? There it's it's starting to happen more and more often. And is it is it the cool new pope? Yeah. <laughs> He's is, part of it. He's a it, draw. Okay. He's is, certainly a draw. Is it Young Pope on HBO? It's Young Pope. Yeah. It's where, where I am getting stuck with Protestantism is the very, especially American Protestantism, where there's 30,000 denominate. I mean, it's, 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 you know, Martin Luther's whole sola scriptura, sola fide, you know, every Christian, all we need is the Bible and the Holy Spirit to guide us. I don't buy that anymore. Uh, I think there's far too many interpretations of far too many verses that split too many people that are supposed to be this one body of Christ and who are now arguing over the meaning of different verses and won't talk to people who believe the other way. And then you've got one Catholic church who has managed to keep it together for all these years, and they say, we have this governing body, and we, these are the things we believe Here's the things we don't understand, and it's okay that we don't understand. That's one of the things I love about Catholicism is the things they believe and know and teach, they are right on. They, they, they believe it wholeheartedly. Then there's things that they say, we don't know, and they call those the mysteries. And you know, Catholics are smart enough to not try to interpret Revelation. Mm-hmm. Protestants aren't. Protestants sit and try to figure out and do all these numbers and what do all these sevens mean. And Catholics just go, you know what, we're not even going to bother with that. Not you, even, even going to bother. Not even going to bother with that. You got to admit that there's a huge appeal to interpreting Revelation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trying yeah. to figure out the end of the world. There's no. There's no cooler thing in the world you could possibly do. Even Digimon tried to do it. <laughs> Everybody wants a piece. Right. Right. And and my 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 draw to the Catholic Church right now is more of a. Catholic universal view of who God is, what he wants from us and how he wants us to live our lives. And I don't be- I don't be- believe he wants us in that mon- monastic lifestyle. It is it is supposed to be a temporary thing. And then we need to go back to the world and act like regular human beings and be able to interact with people who aren't saved and not be a dick. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. and I was a dick for a long time. And does being a dick, uh, in your opinion, do you feel like being a dick takes tons and tons of effort? Yes. Yeah. 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 I I like, I love this. I love that you brought that up because when, when I decided to relax about my faith, it was such a relief Yeah. Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to argue with everybody about what this specific verse means. Or if you're, if I'm pro-life and you're pro-choice, we can still be friends. Like I wouldn't even talk like if people were pro-choice or pro-game, I would just, I don't know. Start cutting them out right yeah, away. Yeah, just they're out of my life because I can't have I can't have these negative influences. And now I'm exactly the opposite. I I want to talk with as many people with as many different perspectives on as many different subjects as I possibly can because I don't I think I know what I know. Yeah. But I want to hear things from everybody bef- mm-hmm. and still be able to be friends with them. Right. Yeah. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think I think there is more room in Catholicism for being a human being than there is in Protestantism. I think in Protestantism there is a lot of facade going on. I think there's a lot of yeah. perfection that is attempted, and there is a lot of, oh, I can't talk to these people. And you've got you know people that you hear these stories, but people go go have a beer with their Catholic priest, mm-hmm. the, and I go, I want to do that. I want to yeah. go talk religion with a man of God over a drink and not be worried about who sees me do it and tells so and so at church. Let's just all fucking relax. Yeah. It's not, you know, and I can say fucking on the podcast and yeah. not worry that I'm going to hell or I can say shit on stage doing stand up and not worry. And I just, 
I decided I'm not going to worry about all these little things anymore. Mm -hmm. God is not, you know, in Protestantism, God is up there with the list and Mm -hmm. making the tick marks next to your name. And there's this very judgmental, he's more, he's more judged than father. And I think in Catholicism, he's more father than judge. I mean, we're supposed to want to walk with him and want to grow closer to him. Mm -hmm. But why would you do that if he's constantly got the stick back ready to smack you? I don't. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of my uh, salvation story that uh, as time goes, as time passes, it, it starts looking like more and more and more uh, messed up. But I read a Jack Chick tract when I was six. Are you familiar with those? No. I mean, I know what a tract is, but I don't know the specific ones. Well, uh, Jack Chick is this comic artist. And so these were the religious tracks that were comic books. And they there's a really famous one about a girl playing Dungeons and Dragons and becoming a witch on accident. Um, but the one, yeah. the one I read was this really weird spinoff of It's a Wonderful Life where a guy dies and an angel like trots him around and points out all the times he fucked up, in- including a time where he was in church thinking about what he's going to have for lunch. Whoa! Yeah, see, and, that's the kind of Protestant bullshit that I just cannot. Six-year-old yeah. me was finished reading this thing. You know, you you finish the you finish the comic. Back cover has the prayer on it, right? And six-year-old me goes, "Oh fuck, I need to get it together." Yeah, like, right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's that kind of thinking that has kids getting rededicated every summer at Falls Creek for no yeah. fucking reason. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's so it's. If you're, you know, my pastor has a story actually about how uh, a, an evangelical um, preacher came through and they had a revival, and he told all the kids, if if you're, if you, if the date and time of your salvation isn't written in your Bible, you're not saved. Whoa! So you got all these fucking kids going, whoa, 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 whoa! I don't even have a Bible, you know, and they're like, I got to get a Bible and I got to start writing. A, What's today's date? What time is it? Well, you are in luck. We are selling Bibles for $35 right there in the back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Extreme team Bible. Yeah. yeah, this this cartoon that you're talking about, it may it may be one of these that I saw. I remember seeing one a, as a kid that was um at the judgment seat of Christ, you go and all of your sins are up on a movie screen. That everybody gets to watch. Yeah, everybody. I, wa- I, re- so I like, read that one too. So you got all these, you know, this sea of people and this giant, you know, you know, giant screen that would be like at a drive-in movie, and God's sitting there going like this, and mm, look at the, and then there's all these, you know, oh, no. and and so yeah, you mm-hmm. you look you look at that at six, eight, ten years old, and you're like, I don't want that. Yeah, that's how quickly awful. can I pray this prayer and be good with God, and then you feel bad every time you have a thought that's outside of the the faith, and it's just not. It's not a reasonable – it's a horribly uh, detrimental – I mean that's not even coming mm. close to – destructive mm-hmm. yeah. way to think about God. That'll, and do faith. A, that'll do a number on any kid. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sure. I, I want to your... think about the logistics of having to watch every sin on a movie after you die. I feel like everybody Be- in heaven would get pretty bored. Because depending well, – Well, yeah. but a minute is like a second – no, what is it? A minute is a thousand years and a thousand oh, years yeah. is a – so it, it won't really time's matter. Not... But Yeah, time's not an issue. Okay, you're right. Cause I... You're not even going to have to go pee. No, you're just going to be able to sit and watch. How, how long – I'm curious. How long in minutes – you think you would have to watch yourself jerking off in this movie? <laughs> like, or, is, or is, it, is, it, is, is the movie in real time, or is it just the highlights, or is it sped up? I don't know. I think it's real time, but only the sins. And they're yeah. grouped by sin. By sin. So, like, all of nobody, you jerking off. Nobody cares. All of, your all of you lying to your parents. Yeah. All of, yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares about when you did good. No. Right. No. They, they, want that, they want that juicy, that juicy gossip. Alex, do you have a normal salvation story or another messed up one? Uh, I don't even really have a salvation story just because I like I was going to ch- like church child care from when I was a baby. Like I was just in it to win it from the beginning because my mom was a children's pastor. And uh, she, even before she was a children's pastor, she volunteered there all the time. So I was... I was teaching Sunday school and going to Sunday school at the same time. Oh man. Uh, so it was just, I, I don't really have a specific salvation story. My father-in-law has a similar story. Like he doesn't know when he got saved. He just grew up in the church, always believing. But if you read what salvation 
what the salvation experience is supposed to be, this, this radical turning away from sin and turning your life over to God, that should be a, a very poignant, specific point in your life. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm not saying my father-in-law is not saved, but what I'm saying is that sounds weird that you just – you grew up always going to church, always believing this thing, and it almost sounds like indoctrination to where you never were able to think for yourself. Because yeah. if you're not allowed to think for yourself and go sin and live in the world, mm-hmm. how can you turn – you can't repent if you never did the other stuff. Right. And that's fi- that's always fishy to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and again, that's nothing, nothing against my father-in-law, but that's that's something that I've always – you know, you hear, you hear about – you know, you watch the 700 Club and you hear these fantastical salvation stories and they felt – heat and they saw a light and they fell to their knees like I, I don't know if all that's true but it should be something so dramatic and so poignant something that scares you so badly that you go i'm never doing any of that shit again it's god from now on yeah yeah absolutely so it those kinds of things are strange when it's like you're just from birth just always Always doing. Always it. been a always been a Christian, and I th- I think church camps try to manufacture that specifically because the, the prayer conversion the, experience. Yeah, yeah. The prayer at the end is always, you know, if you've got stuff you need to let go of right now, if you've got a thing that I, you know, you, I, I just want you to know you can put it on Jesus, and right. Jesus can. And every time I went to that five years in a row, and every time I was like, I do have that, <laughs> I do, I have it, and I need to let go of it. Uh, <laughs> And it's, then you were right back like, to it the next it day as soon as you got insane, yeah. yeah. Was, there was no, it was all sizzle, no steak. Is this yeah. like Falls Creek? This was Disciple Camp, uh, which was a different thing from Falls Creek. It was very it, similar. Was it also very hot when this happened? It was so <laughs> hot outside. I'd been sweating and exercising more than I ever do. I was in the only building with air conditioning. They were blaring music. There were lights and lasers. and it was. See, there's there's so much external stimulation and manipulation that is done in the Protestant. That's, an, that's my, another mark against Protestantism that I'm, that I'm move, moving away from. It, it, it's, it's, it's so manipulative and it's oh, yeah. so, it's always, you're never, you can never, you're supposed to have this peace and this rest in yeah. Christ and Protestants I, never fucking have it. Oh they're, my God. They're always like, Oh, I'm and they're angry. Yeah. Angry, like, sad, depressed, uh, keyed, keyed up, up anx- anxious, yeah, which God something. is supposed to remove all of that. I gotta bake like fifteen more casseroles if Jesus is gonna love me. Exactly. Um, I have. I'm I'm super excited to have an active Christian on the podcast because I have questions that I like to ask my Christian friends, um, and I get a different answer from these like every time. How do you pray? I pray. I pray on my knees, and it's a and it's a rote prayer that I created myself. It's a combination of, um, and this is another thing that makes me feel like I, I've really been Catholic all along because I really lean towards memorized prayers, and I really think there's value in memorized words if you mean them when you say them, and I think there's value in repeating things memorized that helps get in your brain and in your spirit. You were so, talking about that when we were talking about comedy for Bannis's class too. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, my act is verbatim the same every time unless yeah. somebody in the crowd says something. So maybe that's just my nature that I, I lean towards mm-hmm. scripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't make it any less meaningful. So yeah, I have, a, I have a prayer. It takes me about five or seven minutes to get through. Um, I start off uh, – like it mimics the Lord's Prayer and then I do the Lord's Prayer in it. So like I start off thanking God for who he is praising him, and then I thank him for my life, my wife, my children, and then I start praying for, um, for my behavior to be uh, – to reflect him and to be of benefit to my wife and my kids. A lot of, it, a lot of my praying is help me be a better man for my wife and children. And one, mm-hmm. one of the things I say is uh, help me to be the man that I want my, my children to my, – my, my daughters to marry and my son to become because you know, mm-hmm. I'm the guy. Yeah. So – my daughters are looking my, – my, like it or not, my daughters are going to go marry men like me. Like it or not, my son is going to grow up to be probably a lot like me. Mm-hmm. So make me into the thing that I need to be so that I'm not disappointed in who they go be in life. Right. right? And then I go uh, – I do the serenity prayer because I've, mm. I've done some 12-step work and I've, I've, I've worked through some things that I alluded to earlier. Um, so I do the serenity prayer, then I do the Lord's prayer, and then I've just added uh, Hail Mary's. Because uh, and I end awesome. on that, and then I and I and then I do kind of a 
I do a, a crazy, you know, impromptu improv closer. Yeah, you'll freestyle it a little yeah, bit. Freestyle at the it at the end. Put right. a little English on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, God, give me one subject. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, give me a time, a place, and a profession. No, yeah. and, and so then, so that's that's on my knees in my office. And the reason I do it on my knees is because I believe there is something that have. I I think our physical posture affects our mood and our attitude whenever we're doing something. Mm-hmm. Like if we like we were talking about Ashley sitting on stage doing her doing stand up sitting down and yeah. how like you're always just like why are people like if I sat down to do my act it would be awful. Right? Yeah. So there's something that happens and like CJ Lance says he he says he never uh he never times his act when he's driving in the car. He always he always does it standing up in a real like because yeah. so something about our I believe there's something in our physical posture that affects our phys- physiology, that affects our spiritual state, mental state that when I get on my knees, now whether it's all in my head or not, when I'm on my knees, I'm feeling because it's hard to be proud on your knees. Yeah. Yeah. And the point of prayer is to be seeking to be humble and seeking God in a way that you're receptive to what he has to say to you. And so, yeah, I do it on my knees and I have my whole thing and then I'm done. Yeah, there's something to be said about things being real because they're real to you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I think the really fun thing about prayer is I feel like that you can boil prayer down into like two things. And that's praying with icons, right? So I, I would say like uh, if you if you're praying and you like look to a cross or like if you know, in, in Eastern religions, like if you look at a photo of your guru or something like that, sure. You, that's, that's prayer with icons and like, like you're meditating on, uh, images cause those images conjure things for you. Sure. And, and then there's prayer without icons. Um, one of the coolest things my friend Dustin told me, Dustin's a, he's a preacher. I believe he's Methodist, but he's got a lot of really cool opinions about stuff. Um, but he told me about this cool thing called the cloud of unknowing. You know about this? No. It's, I, I don't know if it's a Catholic or Protestant thing, but I think it's really cool. It's it sounds a, way too cool to be Protestant. It's, <laughs> it sounds really cool. See, yeah, Protestants aren't happy unknowing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's why ca- the Catholics have the things they call the mysteries. I'm sorry, I interrupted, but no, it sounds no, very fine. close to what you're, you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's essentially a meditation on the mysteries. Like you're shedding off these, um, you're, the cloud of unknowing is essentially shedding off these preconceptions about God, and yes. that's it's just a meditation in that. Like God isn't so and so and so or such and such, and right. God isn't, God, you know, God doesn't care if the or God isn't this or that, which I think is pretty cool because you kind of go through that rotation and then you kind of find out what God is at the end, right? For and you know more about what God is the longer you do it. I I, I love that concept. Sh- mm-hmm. Shedding preconceived notions that are especially that are, that are incorrect about God will allow you to realize just how much He loves you and how much He's really not pissed off at you all the time. Yeah, and that's such a relief. Yeah, to be able to walk in that peace of. I can pretty much live my life in a in a kind of a normal way and not be so afraid all the time of the repercussions. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like if there's a God out there, He wants you to be who you are. Right. Who He put? Well, I would say who who He puts you here to be. Yeah. With respect to outside influences and and mm-hmm. and, and trying to make the best decisions. And and again, getting back to Catholicism, that's why you know. Having the having the distinction between moral and venial sins starts to make a lot of sense because yeah. Protestants will say all sin is the same to God. Well, in the way He forgives it, yes, He will forgive mm-hmm. a rape just as well as He will forgive a lie. But I believe there's a vast difference and a vast degree of the way God is offended. Do you really think God mm-hmm. is offended as much when you hit your thumb with a hammer and go fuck? As if you go have an affair on your wife? No, he's way more offended by the affair. But Protestants have this all sin is equal thing. Yeah. And Catholics say, yeah. no, there's moral sin and there's venial sin. And there's there are degrees of sin in what you're doing with your life. And you there, you may not recover from – did I say moral sins or mortal sins? It's mortal sins. Mortal. said uh, moral. Yeah, moral. I'm sorry. Oh, it's mortal. Okay. I'm new. I'm not even Catholic yet. I'm just, <laughs> okay. I've got like one foot in Catholicism and one foot in Protestant. So I'm Ooh. figuring a lot of things out. You're just touring the campus. I'm just touring yeah. the campus. I can't commit to anything right now. But uh, 
yeah, that that kind of thinking about how every sin is the same kind of robs God of the sophisticated moral system that we have. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It turns him into a com- like a binary computer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like just a good bad uh, punch card machine. Kind yeah. Of. And, but that's how most Protestants live their live their lives as good bad sheep goats black or white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that every Protestant sect decides for themselves, and then even within that denomination, you've got members deciding for themselves. Yeah. And so you've got some Protestants think it's okay to have a, one or two drinks. On, you know, my wife and I have a show called Buzzed in Bed. I don't know if you guys have seen it. We yeah. mm-hmm. basically get drunk and we talk about our lives, and it's pretty funny. We think it is. Yeah. And we have gotten so many weird comments and things. For, so many Christians even – okay, so you've got Christians that don't drink, and then you've got Christians that think beer and wine are acceptable but not hard liquor. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Christians who drink hard liquor that is just me and my wife and we're, uh, you know, hedonists. It's so, it's so, it's these stupid Protestant di- distinctions between, you know, beer's okay and wine, but not the hard stuff. That's where, sa- that's where Satan lives. Protestants but he need doesn't for there live to, here. Yeah, Protestants need for there to be a rule about everything. They, exactly. They need, mm-hmm. and, and that's the way I thought for so long because mm-hmm. I think, well, rules are good. People need to follow rules, and everybody follows the rules. Everybody gets along, and we all don't. And that's fine if you want to live your life that way, but you cannot put that on anyone else unless yeah. it is endangering the life or health of some other individual. Yeah, right. living that way is such a uh, laborious undertaking. It's so much worse. It's so exhausting. couldn't possibly expect everybody around you to follow that same no. system that you've chosen to follow. Right. Uh, and that's kind of... Back to what we were talking about, how Protestants are angry at everybody and depressed about the state of the world or whatever. Yeah. Um, Here's my second one. I don't think this is as deep a question, but is God humanoid? Ooh. No? No. Why? Uh, Because he can't... You mean, is he sitting somewhere in a human body? Yeah. is Is he an old man in a robe with a giant beard? No. Absolutely not. When the when the Bible says He created us in His image, that means that we we have attributes of God in us that allow us to connect to Him. It doesn't mean that God has arms and legs. I I, always... I believe He's asexual. I believe He is a He is a being, mm-hmm. but not a humanoid. Not at all. I don't think I don't think God has a form. No, I yeah. think He's formless. Yeah. I think He's timeless. I think He encompasses everything and. Everything, everything, and from all time, you know, he lives in a timeless dimension of everything is happening all at once, and and he's we put our constrictions on God and 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 get it all messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he's not humanoid. No. Yeah, I I as a kid, I've always I I remember repeatedly trying to maybe picture God as like uh, a nice old man or sure, something, and I'm sure. like I'm like oh, this isn't this it never really cut it. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, why? It doesn't seem like a form befitting of a being like that. If no, that, if that makes sense. What form would be fitting of a being like that that you're familiar with? Probably a nice dog, like a dog, like a. I think an octopus. I was thinking okay. octopus. Yeah. 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 See, with infinite tentacles. Infinite tentacles Ooh. that reach the spans of the universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that image that that image verse is taken so literally so inappropriately right because it it makes you you're supposed to probably think about what the image of god is and it's probably not a physical image no it's It's, about his characteristics and mm -hmm. what what attributes and i'm i don't remember the exact words but there god god has all these attributes and then he gave about half of those to us that Mm -hmm. we are able to then use to interact better with each other and with him you know we're not omnipotent we're not uh, all powerful, uh, we're not all knowing, but he does give us insight. He did, there's something that he get, there is God in all of us, and and Jewish mystics have this theory about um, it's called the shard theory, where every human being is a shard of God. Mm. Um, when you inter- and when you interact with a person, you are interacting with a part of God, and it's all about it's all about respect and about if, if I can if I can find the God in you. If I can find the peace of God in you, and you find mine, now now we can have a relationship, and now we can interact on a level that is a, a different level of friendship 
that is above small talk and you know yeah. it's about it's about mutual when you get down to it it's it's Martin Buber it's mutual respect it's I it's I and thou it's mutual respect and 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 seeing that you are a creation of God and you are a creation of God and you are a creation of God and we we might not hit on every level on on things we think about or 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 believe but if you can come away from an interaction and believe that you just interacted with a part of God on the planet, that's an incredibly inspiring and, and powerful way to think about going through life. It makes you be mindful about interacting with people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I don't have any more big old questions. Do you have any big old questions? I thought I did. I, I don't remember it if I did. Well, We'll get back to it. We, we can double back if yeah. we have to. Let's uh, let's talk Petra. Well, we got to talk about Hand of God. Oh first. yeah, Hand we, of God. You guys know that thing we all watched on Amazon Prime? Yeah, Ben, you were there for this, right? right. You watched oh, yeah. Hand that's, of God. That's right. That's right. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, um, the hand was good. The hand was good. I like. I, I was disappointed that it was a humanoid hand, though. Yeah, yeah, I was really looking for an infinite octopus tentacle, mm-hmm. right? But. Or even if the hand was itself an octopus, that would have also been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But, but it, was, it felt unimaginative. Yeah. So I, I got to take it away from that. Um, Helen Hunt was good in this. I loved Helen Hunt. I think that this was some of her best work since... Uh, I love Helen Hunt and everything. Yeah. 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 I, I've never... Does, has she done other Woody Allen stuff? She did a lot of Coen Brothers stuff in the she 80s. She did do a lot. <laughs> Most of it was directly to DVD, but... Uh, what I couldn't believe about the hand of God was uh, how small it was. It was weirdly, it was not as big as I was expecting the hand of God to be. Yeah, how big were you look, expecting it, the hand of God to it be? It didn't look like he could have the whole world in his hands at all. No. no. Not even with two of them. It was like big enough to cover a tennis racket, which is just like <laughs> like Maybe. a big person's hand. Yeah. Like an Andre the Giant hand. Could right. Have, like he mm-hmm. could have been the hand of God this whole time. Like Lenny right. Van Horn's hand. Like Van just, Horn, yeah, like just, just a big meat paw. That makes would just... a beer look small. That's the... <laughs> Meatball. Maybe they ran out of maybe they ran out of uh, budget trying to make the hand as big as they could. Oh, that makes. Well, sense. they got Helen Hunt on. They got Woody Allen to direct it. Yeah, there's not a lot of money left to make this hand big. No, yeah. they, you've blown it all. At the, they just kind of had to hire a big dude and then have him wear most of a green screen suit. Have you guys read the fan theory about um, the hand of God also being the hamburger helper glove? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read that one, but I have read that it's also Michael Jackson's glove. Whoa. <laughs> That's why it's same, so must have been the same prop sense. shop. Right? It probably uh, was. Yeah. There's got to be one prop shop supplying all the novelty gloves to all the different places. The musical number was bizarre. I couldn't. I, I can't believe that they made the hand of God dance like it was a person, like on its two fingers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, like the genie did. In it, he was on the tech deck float, doing oh doing pop shovets. Yeah, and just grinds. skateboarding and dancing and singing. Well, and having Mel Brooks conduct it was really hacky. I thought I was really disappointed. <sighs> yeah, they didn't do enough with him. Right. Surpri- I know. I know Woody and Mel are friends. Of course. Of course. This this show was I'll say surprisingly Jewish for a Christian show. Uh, <laughs> well, it was hand of God, not hand of Jesus. No, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You know, I I didn't even think about that. Uh, shows how much I know. You know, this is actually inspired by a book. Yeah. Uh, a Jamaican book called Hand of Jaw. Oh, I uh, I'm not familiar with that. Is that why the hand of God in this one looks a little like a lion? Also. <laughs> well, in that book, um, uh, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers breaks right. his hand, mm-hmm. and the hand of God has to help him uh, finger the fretboard. I see. Well, that makes the the Jamaican influence makes sense now because the soundtrack was all POD. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so. It was. It's the closest thing Christianity has to reggae. Right. Right. That POD. Makes, it all makes sense now. Ah, oh, we gotta find Christian reggae. Do an episode about Christian there's plenty, reggae. There's plenty of Christian ska. There's. You're right. Yeah. There's plenty. There's in order be... for Christian reggae, in order for reggae, you need pot, and you're not gonna get a lot of Christians who are gonna. That's get true. smoke to smoke out before P.O.T. Mm-hmm. That's the Christian P-O-T, reggae band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's dumb. That's dumb. Okay, let's play a little game real quick. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Thanks for thanks for being a good show, Hand of God. Um, let's play a little game. Yeah. Which Christian band smokes the most weed, if any? Oh, it's wow. P.O.D. <laughs> okay, Ben's already locking P.O.D. Uh, in. Yeah, I've already got it down. 
for some reason, I feel like the newsboys might blaze up a little bit. I think Josh uh, Todd Agnew might blaze up there and there. Oh yeah, he's kind of on the outskirts. You know, yeah. He's got that mm-hmm. rough kind of roughy voice, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's all about Jesus looking homeless. And David Crowder has smoked weed before in his life, is what I would say. Okay, That's is, is it cheating to say '80s Bob Dylan smokes the most weed? <laughs> Just like America, I forgot about 80s Bob Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Reliant K didn't didn't get to sound like that without toking a little bit before they formed up. But like when they were all like 14 and then they never did it again. Yep, they swore off it and they're like, I really hope this carries into a uh, consistent sound. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Veggie tales, guys. Weed, no weed. Ooh, um, uh, it's a tough one. Bob the tomato, no weed. Okay. I love Bob the tomato. <laughs> yeah, I love Bob the tomato. He's great. I hate Larry. Mister Lunt sucks. smokes. But that probably doesn't up. surprise anybody. Mister Lunt, guys. Oh yeah. He gets off work and just blows down. Well, that's <laughs> that's why you can't see his eyes. <laughs> they're all, they're squinty from all the weed. Is that a symptom I want of weed? To sing a song. That's why he sings an entire song about a cheeseburger. Yeah, he's he's hungry. <laughs> he's exactly. hungry for that cheeseburger. Wow, guys, we made some real breakthroughs on this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you guys want to do the thing we're all here for? You want to talk about? Let's talk Petra. 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 Let's play the a, rock. Let's play a little song. A little preview, Petra. <laughs> Welcome to Patra Analysis, everybody. Brought to you by the Praise Down and Me Undies. That's allowed to say. Okay. <laughs> welcome to Petra. Welcome to the Petra Analysis. Brought to you by the Praise Down and no corporate sponsors. No corporate sponsors at this you, time. This space for rent. Am mm-hmm. I right? Feel free to call us companies. Uh, ben, what's your history with Petra? My history with Petra is uh, brief and. Uh, not even any knowledge at all. Okay, here's what happened. So uh, I gave you my like my salvation story with with Billy Graham, mm-hmm. and then so that was in Tacoma, Washington. And then in 1985, we moved from Tacoma, Washington to Tucson, Arizona. We get to Tucson, and my mom uh, goes to church somewhere and gets rededicated, full on tears, fell down at the altar, and rededicates her life to Christ. Because uh, she had been backslidden for many years. Uh, so then she decides that I need to get more serious. about. So now she realizes, okay, my son got saved all these years ago, and I'm not really doing anything with it. So now she decides that she's going to get me on board more with – and she knows two things. How old are you here? I am uh, uh, 12. Okay. And so uh, she knows she knows a few things about me. She knows I love comedy. She knows I love rap, and she knows I love uh, just music in in general. Mm-hmm. So she tries reaching out to me with some things to try to get me to listen to some more wholesome uh, media and songs and whatnot. So she got me a uh, I don't know. We went to a Josh. Mc- do you guys remember Josh McDowell? Yeah, he used to do a ton of like evangelistic outreach and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So I went to go see Josh McDowell and the Power Team. Yeah, I saw the Power cool. Team in like 88, 89, like oh, for real. Primo Fun- Power Team. Pre- that, that was the height of the Power Team. Yeah, yeah. I saw them like 15 years later. I heard shares were- in phone books tanked during 88. I yeah. had, I, I think to this day, still have a piece of cinder block signed by the Power Team. <laughs> Please bring it here. It's in Tulsa if it's still there at okay. all. Okay, I, I, I need... I know. That, I need to know you have it. That yeah. needs to be the show logo right there. That needs to be. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We need to find the power team's logo and then just mimic it, and that's our logo. With with tank tops. Tank tops for sure. Stringers, stringers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. Okay, I've got a stringer. My dad's got a stringer. Um, I've, I've got your dad's one. one would probably be yeah. the one that fits me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? My dad. I can. I can just get this from him. He's got a Donald Duck tank top. And he's trying to do a deadlift, and it says too ducking heavy." <laughs> oh, that's yours, buddy. I'll, you can just, you, but that's our. That 
putting that group photo together. <sighs> wow. Yeah, too, so, too duck and heavy. So at about this time with the power team and Josh McDowell and my mom coming back to Christ and trying to get me to, to listen to more positive things, she got me a, a Petra cassette, which at the time Petra was the only Christian rock band that I was aware of. Mm-hmm. The problem is that I wasn't into rock. I was all into rap, hip-hop, Michael Jackson, and Prince. That was all the 80s. That's what I did. Okay. That's, that was. I mean, I, I like the police and men at work, and I like stuff right. on the radio, but what I sought out was hip-hop, rap, and, and Prince and Michael Jackson. Who, who were your go-to hip-hop guys? Not to... in, in the 80s? Yeah. I mean, late 80s, Kumo D, yeah. early 80s, uh, UTFO, I mean, Grandmaster Flash, late 70s. I mean, I was there. I grew wow. up. I think I grew up at the best possible time because I got disco out of the way. Yeah. And I, and I, I got into, I was into hip hop in, you know, 80, you know, 79, 80. Perfect. Uh, I totally missed out on punk though. Oh. Because yeah. my parents weren't rockers, but my dad was into R&B and jazz and the blues. So I had the black influence. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, a lot of Prince, a lot of Michael Jackson, a lot of hip hop all through the 80s. And then somewhere in, you know, 85, 86, my mom hands me this Petra cassette. I'm like, what is this? Oh, it's a Christian rock band. And I, I think I tried to listen to it one or two times and I, I was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she got me a, she knew I was into rap. So she got me a, uh, cassette called, uh, Rapping for Jesus. <gasps> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's as bad as it sounds. And is it on Spotify? I don't even know if it was a full album. Like, I think it was like a maxi cassette single or something, because I think there was only like three songs on it. And it, the song went exactly how it sounds like it went. It was rapping for Jesus, rapping for Jesus. We are all just rapping for Jesus. And it was at that for three and a half minutes. And I, and at that point, I've already got, I mean, I've already got 10 years of rap in my head. And she doesn't know that this is awful. And I'm like, I'm listening to it and I'm embarrassed. For my mom, I'm embarrassed for the guy singing it. Yeah, I'm embarrassed for rap, and I'm embarrassed for Jesus. <laughs> There's a rapping for Jesus Spotify playlist, but it's just uh, all secular acts. It's a bunch. Oh, yeah, it's it's just a goof. Oh, it's just I a see. Goof. Yeah, this this was a real thing with like a it was like a cartoony on the front, and it was oh I used to. This is the one of the one of the most awful things I have to admit about because I feel bad for my mom. Uh, I used to hide that cassette in my room because my friends would come oh. over, and I had this vast uh, cassette collection. Mm-hmm. I was like the I was the music guy of all Good my friends. Yeah. I had all the stuff, but I hid that cassette because I didn't want any of my friends to see it. And my mom found it one day cleaning in my room, and I used to hide it in this. I had this mug up on, that I had won for something, mm-hmm. some kind of coffee mug or a trophy or something, and she found it in there and she called me on it and. I was like, it's one of those things where it was, it was like getting caught with porn. It was like, I don't know what yeah. to say. You know why it's in there. You know I don't like it. I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to let my friends see that. It yeah. just needs to be better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just needs to be better. And Christian rap today is so much better. That is true. Lecrae, yeah. Lecrae. Tadashi, uh, um, Toby Mac. Toby, uh, I, I like KJ52. Yeah. yeah, I uh, mean, Chance even is yeah. kind of yeah. is pretty much yeah. a Christian. Uh, Dre Murray is really good. I don't know if I you guys have heard Dre him. Murray. Yeah, Dre Murray is really good. A song called "The Lane," which is really good. Uh, so I'm glad to see that Christian rap has caught up. Right, and and I think they there is uh, they're as good as their secular counterparts. I think in terms of talent and, and rhyme scheme and, and the way they put their stuff together. I b- I believe mm-hmm. that Christian hip hop. L- it, like hip hop lends itself better to being Christian, especially since hip hop is so influenced by gospel. Exactly, um, Christian and rock feel like oil and water sometimes. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I think that can be true. Like my and like my father in law says, it doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a guitar. It's, if there's a if there's electric guitar in it, it's not godly anyway. So and that, again, that is true. Again, it's another one of those Protestant problems where you yeah. can't make everybody because some Protestants think guitars are fine others think they're not so this whole christian rock thing came up and you've got people like my father-in-law who are like no sorry doesn't matter what they're singing about it's it's not godly wow mm-hmm. and um so yeah i never fully bought off a uh, bit off on petra and uh then it was 20 30 years before i listened to any more christian music do you want to play some previews of some songs that you uh remember the most fondly or the least fondly from 
from Petra? Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember the titles of any songs. I do really you, don't. Do you remember That's... the do you remember the uh album that of the cassette you owned? The title? It's a good mm-hmm. question. Give me a couple. I might recall it. Uh Petra means rock. <laughs> Pet- Petrophonics. Petrified. Uh. The very best of Petra. The Rock Block. The, Whoa! The early years. The ultimate collection. Top five. Colon. Hits. <laughs> a lot of greatest hits compilations. The definitive yeah. collection. Mm-hmm. Best of... Oh, these are... Oh, I'm in compilations. I'm so sorry. You dope. <laughs> I was like, these are not... These are not... How many there. do they need? Oh, they've written... They've made, like, over 20 studio albums. Oh, then I guess they need that many compilation albums. Uh, Petra. Come and join us. More power to ya. Nice. Not of this world. Beat the system. Captured in time and space. Whoa. Nothing nothing sounds familiar. Man. To... It was about 85, 86. That's about all I know. Okay. Uh, Beat the System is their 85 tape. That could be it. Does that look familiar? It looks a little familiar. Okay. <laughs> let's just play... It was... Yeah. Let's just yeah. play something off this. Uh, Voice in the Wind? Ooh. All right. Let's, let's see let's what Voice in the Wind's all about. Whoa. This sounds like the album that uh, John C. Riley and Mark Wahlberg made in Boogie Nights. <laughs> it, it, it feels like there's a lot of cheese. How about Witch Hunt? <laughs> yes, Ooh. please. That, okay. They might have teamed up with Striper on that one. I would love it. This is like almost disco. <laughs> what? That could be the closing credits to Night Rider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Miles to go. Yeah. See? Yeah. This is a yeah. workout montage song. It is. For sure. There's like just enough new wave in it. Mm-hmm. To make it technically the 80s. Uh, guys, uh, red alert. They have a song called Computer Brains. Bring it to us. Bring me. Computer Blue by Prince is better. I haven't even heard Computer Brains. I mean, I it probably know. is. What? Okay, so I did a lot of video production. I worked at Tinker Air Force Base and did videos. Mm-hmm. So we had to use all this canned music. Because we couldn't use real stuff, you know, royalty-free stuff. Yeah, that's what every <laughs> sound bed that I had to put under every like training video sounded like. That's exactly what it yeah. sounds like. Is training every, video every music. industrial training video from from eighty two to to ninety one? Yeah, it it just had to be f- kind of fun, right? Al- yeah. almost. Fun. Here's some in- boring information, but we're gonna play this song under it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded it sounded like Leonard Skinner like all hit their heads <laughs> and on a Bible and fell yeah hit their heads on a Bible and like fell into a like a sparkly astronaut suit factory. <laughs> <laughs> a sparkly astronaut suit factory. It closed. It actually it did close down in 1988, but boy, it had a good run. <laughs> Put a lot of people out of work. A lot of people. In Fort Wayne, Indiana. They're from Fort Wayne, by the way. The whole town of Fort Wayne, Indiana was based around that factory, and it um, shut down. Home of Jack Tapestry, as far as I know. Whoa. Petra was active when Jack Tapestry was growing up Jack in Fort Tapestry Wayne. probably knows Petra. I want to ask him. Oh. I have to ask him so badly. Uh, but... I no, need to He's know got a couple he... years on me, so he might have more Petra knowledge. I don't know how he was brought up. Knowing though. Jack... I, I mean, he's hardcore punk. Knowing but, Jack, yeah. he probably managed to learn nothing about Petra. <laughs> probably. Or he, like, there's beef between Jack Tapestry and Petra. <laughs> That's what I want. Or, like, whatever Petra knowledge he has was, like, beat out of him by a cop. Has <laughs> <laughs> leaked out through his spine. <laughs> Um, other uh. other Petra things that I've taken note of. There is um, Petra memorabilia in some hard rock cafe somewhere. Nice. And I'm kind of wondering what that piece of memorabilia could be. Mm. Like a like a keytar, but it's in the shape of a crucifix. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, 
There's a keyboard on both arms also. It's got it's keyboard long ways and then keyboard on each arm. <laughs> Just different octaves. I'm thinking it's like a uh, like a water bottle or a rag that the lead singer used to wipe off his head and then like with Paul the fans would go get them mm-hmm. thinking that it would heal them or do some kind of spiritual wonder for them. What if it's a sparkly glove with a stigmata in it? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to find out. But um, Petra's the Greek word for rock. For like, rock. That's yeah, that's, where, yeah. that's Peter's name in, yeah, in the New Testament. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The rock that Christ built his church upon. Does that feel like lazy band naming? Absolutely. Absolutely. It absolutely does. I don't think they even thought that far. I think they were just like, what's the Greek word for rock? Because we freaking rock. (laughs) (laughs) Petra, cool. But you're going to have to know some Greek to figure it out. Like They're trying to be kind of cryptic and cool about it. Where are my scholars at? Yeah. (laughs) Seminary nerds will get this. (laughs) Real seminary nerd hours. (laughs) Real seminary. Uh, something that I something that I noticed skimming through their albums is that they kind of switched they kind of switched and would morph styles based on what the hot thing was, which is always suspect. which is, is what oh which Christian music is always trying to do because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's always three steps behind. Yep, mm-hmm. we caught Striper doing it. Oh yeah, and we got onto Striper for it. Just be the band skillet, that you are. Skillet does it. That's what I really like and appreciate about you two. Yeah, they, they never stop being you. They two. never stop no. being themselves. Bono was never overly. Pro- I didn't even know Bono was a Christian until like four years ago. Because yeah. I didn't. Because like I said, I mean, I wasn't. I mean, I was all rap, hip hop, Michael Jackson, and Prince. My like, and then I got into grunge. Is what grunge is what got me into rock. Oh, so I didn't even like. I knew some U two songs, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know. How huge and important U2 was right. until like three years ago. And then I heard an interview with Bono on a Christian radio station, and that dude is solid. I mean, and, and to, to operate in a, in a, in a secular rock band where I, th- I think three of the four of them or four of the five of them are Christians and, mm-hmm. what, and to not be preachy and to just be yourself. And I mean, Bono loves being Bono. I mean, he loves being a rock star. Yeah, he does. Which is not, which is, has, you know, is a, totally against all the humility that you're supposed to have as a Christian. Right. And I just love that about him. I, I'm still not the world's <laughs> biggest U2 fan. Right, right. But I really, and this is kind of like my point from earlier on is just be yourself and do what you're supposed to do. You don't have to be on people. And it doesn't, everything has, doesn't have to be a, christian bent to every word that comes out of your mouth it kind of it kind of doesn't do a lot for any argument you'd make about being like authentic authentic exactly yeah exactly like they they went grunge um you guys want to hear uh, petra did or you petra went grunge. okay you guys want to hear something from their 93 album wake up call god yes grunge is in full swing in 93 is that give give me the grunge that is that fair i think um, this oh, <laughs> um, this one is. I thought it said he's seen my shoes, <laughs> but it's he's been in my shoes. Okay. A lot more. So a little um, more stripped down. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more unplugged. Yeah. yeah. Weird. I'm gonna find the weirdest. Got name. a little bit of. I'm gonna find the weirdest name song on the album. Um, Believer in deed, not indeed. In deed. Okay. This is so weird. It's like this isn't even grunge. This is like almost. It's like it's like hair metal ballad. They exactly. It's, yeah. It's yeah. like a few years behind. It's warrant like, yeah or the yeah. damn yankees they haven't, exactly. yeah. they haven't exactly. learned to sing 90s yet right let's move to 98 with god fixation <laughs> oh this sounds primo um magnet of the world <laughs> is the is the song i'm about to play oh you sure that's not a song by star castle <laughs> or icp or icp magnet of the world by petra magnet of the world
This sucks ass. <laughs> I hate this. Someone in Petra heard that the kids like strings now. I yeah. just hate and it. And they're like, oh, let's just put it all in there. Um, just some damn fiddle. I, this is no good. We've we've pretty well fleshed this. Do you guys want to move into final thoughts on Petra? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first? We should explain the rating system first. Oh, yes. The rating system. Um, You're going to... We're going to rate out of 12 disciples. Now, now, hear me out. <laughs> if you give something a 12 out of 12, Judas is one of those disciples. That's not so good. Right. That counts against the... the... So 11 is really the best score. Yes. 11, specifically no Judas. Right, because right. you can give it an 11 with the Judas. Right. Judas is like yeah. a minus 0.5. Gotcha. <laughs> Okay. Um, Alex, you want to go first? Yes. Okay. Um, what I'll say is I I kind of liked the very, very silly um, early 80s Petra way more than the late stuff. I, I would agree. Um, it feels like they were having more fun with it and not trying as hard. Um, but that said, their work as a whole is very insincere and inauthentic. And for that reason, I'm going to have to go... Four disciples, one Judas. Ouch. Yeah. You, yeah. Put them, you put them below Skillet. That's below Skillet. Owie, wowie. Skillet's at least got a pretty consistent sound. So when you say four with a Judas, is that a five, or is that four and one of the four is Judas? That's four and one of the four is Judas. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's like four including Judas. Gotcha. Um, okay, I'll go I'll go next. Um, I, I was pretty much going to say what you said. Um, 80s Petra at least felt fun. Right. They kind of were like Rush, and Rush but bad, yeah. and also Leonard Skinner but worse, and uh, and like, like Kansas but a little worse, and, and then like Motley Crue but a little worse. But that's okay. That's fine. They were fun. Yeah, they were a fun band. Even a bad version of Rush is still like pretty good. Yeah, that's still like regular. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of regular. It's still regular Kansas. Band. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the the genre switching is again my biggest point of contention. Unless you're like David Bowie. Yeah, but David Bowie wasn't trying to like hawk a religion. Right. Um David Bowie was just trying to have fun. Yeah. I'm just and kinda... he was always authentically himself, whatever right. version of that which that he was at the time. And I just Yeah. And I, I feel like when a Christian band switches genres and this isn't a hard and fast rule, but when they start switching to be current they're just trying to be better at hawking something. Yeah. Which yeah. makes me sad because the original iteration of Petra is very fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just have to, I'm going to have to throw down a five mm-hmm. out of 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Judas. Okay. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll give them props for being the first major Christian rock band yeah. and for staying together for what? 30 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lazy, lazy band name. Don't like the uh, don't like the the genre changes. They shot. They probably should have stopped around ninety one or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give. I'll I'll go with same as Heath. I'll go five. No Judas. Yeah. All right. We did it. Sorry, Petra. Sorry, Petra. Come on, hey. the, come on the podcast. I mean, listen. We still thought you were fun. Yeah. I if you guys want to talk, if you just want to come on the podcast and talk about new wave for a while, Petra, feel free to come on. Yeah, or any genre you guys did. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, so we're we're fixing to wrap up, mm-hmm. Ben. You know how we uh, delivered a very nuanced discussion of the show Hand of God on Amazon Prime earlier. Right. right. Mm-hmm. It's now up to you to give us a piece of Christian media or a piece of tangentially Christian media that we could consume in, you know, a day or so, um, for us to talk about on the next podcast. Okay, I'll give you a band uh, that I like. That is, uh, they are believers, but. Uh, I, I like the music. I think the music is good, and they are not heavy-handed with the lyrics at all. But and they're called the Classic Crime. Okay, Ooh. the Classic Crime. The Classic Crime. Okay, all right. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell he- yeah. Heaven yeah. Um, he- heaven yeah. I I do want purgatory say, maybe um, uh, that I do re- routinely refer to smoking weed as the Classic Crime. <laughs> 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 it's a real thing, and it is true. All right. Uh, 
Ben, this has been an amazing, yeah. uh, amazing episode. Well, thank you, for guys. Real. It was a lot of fun. Where where can we find you online? Where yeah. can we find Where's you in your person? Tent? Where's that I, content? I am all over social media land at Real Ben Flint, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, I think that's it. YouTube. Yeah, I've got some same, videos up Same on handle across? Same handle across all of them. Oh, Real, that's really convenient. Yeah, R-E-A-L, Ben Flint, F-L-I-N-T. All right. Uh that concludes this uh, invigorating episode of the Praise Down. As we always say on the Praise Down, as we're constantly saying on the Praise Down, we've always we always say this on the Praise Down. Stig stig stigmata oblongata, <laughs> and a toodaloo. <laughs> I'm leaving it. If there's nothing I can contribute to that, and you nailed it. <laughs> Okay, bye guys. Bye guys. Love you. Thanks, Ben.